That's Leviticus 24. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the people of Israel to bring you pure oil from beaten olives for the lamp, that a light may be kept burning regularly. Outside the veil of the testimony in the tent of meeting, Aaron shall arrange it from evening to morning before the Lord regularly. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. He shall arrange the lamps on the lampstand of pure gold before the Lord regularly. You shall take fine flour and bake 12 loaves from it. Two tenths of an ephah shall be in each loaf. And you shall set them in two piles, six in a pile on the table of pure gold before the Lord. And you shall put frankincense on each pile that it may go with the bread as a memorial portion, as a food offering to the Lord. Every Sabbath day, Aaron shall arrange it before the Lord regularly. It is from the people of Israel as a covenant forever. Uh, thanks so much for reading the passage first and thanks for sharing your testimony. Uh, that's a really good tip. Uh, whenever ask, someone asks you something, like, why are you going to Covenant Garden Talks? Well, let me tell you how I became a Christian. Uh, so that's a chance to share your testimony uh, whenever any question comes up. Well, a couple of years ago, I was attending a social event and I met this really impressive chap who was really articulate and his name was Simon. And Simon shared with me that he was a life coach. And I've been on his website over the past week. And here's what he says about himself. I've been told that I have a way to bring out the best in people. And once they share their visions with me, I serve them profoundly. What happens next is nothing short of magical. If you're committed to playing life at a higher level and expressing your true self, we should talk. And as you hover your mouse under the button underneath, uh, you see words pop up. I am ready to transform. I am ready to transform. But whether you are cynical or not about Simon, uh, his great insight is this, that we all want transformation. Uh, we all want to improve, to better ourselves, to develop our potential. Uh, we all want transformation. Uh, transforming your career, maybe it's not that easy. Uh, maybe Simon can help. But what about transforming your core self, uh, your core issues like character, values, and morals? Uh, what about that kind of transformation? Uh, perhaps a number of us would call ourselves followers of Jesus today. And my assumption is that you want to transform. You want to grow. You want to change. You want to be more like the person of Jesus. And you know that that transformation is far more important than another bullet point on your CV. So how does that deep transformation really happen? Well, we are in the last talk in the Pentateuch before we go back into the book of Hebrews. And we had five talks in the Pentateuch so far. This is the fifth talk. And the overarching narrative so far is that we have been cast out of God's presence, out of God's presence into death. But in Exodus, we saw that we are rescued by God and for him. 
we are rescued for life with him. But over the past couple of weeks, we saw in Leviticus 1 to 16, we saw how we are to draw near to God. It's through sacrifice, through priests, and through atonement. That is how we draw near. But this week, we reached the final stage because the goal is not only access, but relationship. See, the climax of the Levitical system is nothing less than a return to Eden. Go to Leviticus chapter 26, verse 11. 26, verse 11. I will make my dwelling among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you, and will be your God, and you shall be my people. Uh, does the language sound familiar? I will walk among you and be your God. See, the climax of the Levitical system is nothing less than a return back to Genesis 2, before the fall, where Adam and Eve walked with God. That is the goal of the Mosaic Covenant, a return to Eden. I will walk among you. Uh, here's a go in my very great illustration. Uh, if you can see it here on the screen, uh, we saw how do you enter God's presence uh, through sacrifice, priest, and atonement. But the climax is God coming out of the tabernacle to walk among his people. Uh, that is the climax of the Levitical system. But the problem is the people. You see, a holy God can only walk among holy people. And the people, they are not holy. A flip to chapter 17, verse 7. Chapter 17, verse 7. So they, the people, shall no more sacrifice their sacrifices to goat demons after whom they whore. Do you notice what's happening? Uh, there's pagan worship in the camp. The people, they are bowing down to statues of goats and cows. And it's unimaginable that the holy God would walk in the midst of the people and the people ignore him with their face flat on the ground, prostrate to carvings of gold and silver. It's unimaginable. And so the transformation of the people, it needs to happen. You see, it must happen before God can walk in their midst. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Well, how do the people transform? How do we truly transform? And the first thing to know is on our first point today is that we need to know the source from which transformation happens, the source from which holiness comes from. I mean, on point number one on handouts, the source of holiness, which is God. Well, let me first define what holiness means. Holiness simply means being set apart. I have a coffee mug that I drink my morning cappuccino every single morning, and that is my mug set apart for coffee. But you see, it takes on a moral category when it's set apart for God. And we also see that holiness, it is from God. He is the source. 19 verse 2, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Chapter 20 verse 8. Keep my statutes and do them, for I, the Lord, sanctifies you. It is the Lord 
through sanctifies. So no true transformation happens without God, no career development course, no business ethics module, not even Simon the coach. You shall be holy, for I, the Lord, am holy. God, he is the source of holiness. And so if God is a source, uh, the closer we get to him uh, through worship, the more we are transformed. And so chapter 17 to 22, it's all about the laws regulating worship. It is the laws for how Israel can meet with God, the holy and profane laws. Chapter 17 to 20 is all laws for the people. Chapters 21 to 22 is laws for the priest. You know, often people, when they read some of these laws, um, people can feel that the laws are really ancient, and that's true. But this week, when I was reading through some of the laws, I was really struck by how good a number of the laws are, even now. There are really harsh laws against worshipping other gods. Go to chapter 18, verse 21. 18 verse 21. You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Molech and so profane the name of the Lord, your God. I am the Lord. Uh, Who is Molech? Uh, He is the God of child sacrifice, the pagan God of child sacrifice. Here's a description of the God of Molech. Uh, He was made from brass and they heated him from his lower parts. And his arms were stretched out and made hot. And they put the child on his hands, and the child was burnt. And when the child cried out in pain, the priest would beat a drum so that the father might not hear the voice of his son, and his heart might not turn. See, many of the laws preventing the worship of pagan gods were good, very good, in fact. Then there were laws also for the people. Uh, Chapter 19, uh, do not strip the fields bare, uh, leave it for the poor. 19 verse 13, the wages of a hired servant shall not be kept with you all night until morning. Uh, Pay your employees. And verse 14, do not curse the deaf, do not cause the blind to stumble. You see, the laws are good. They protect the vulnerable. And even now, If our workplaces apply some of these laws, there'll be a much better place to work in. Good laws enabling Israel to meet with God. Here's a quick aside. It's worth reflecting on how God's good laws has formed the foundation building blocks of Western civilization. You see, if we find the laws familiar, laws about protecting the vulnerable familiar, well, it all started with the Bible. If you agree in the intrinsic value of the human being, it all started with the Bible. Men and women made an image of God. It's formed by centuries of Christian ethic embedded in Western civilization. And it comes from here, the Bible. And so we take it for granted that we live in such a society. And I'm an avid cyclist. Uh, Just a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month ago now, the highway code was changed to protect the vulnerable cyclists like myself. And that's good. The law is right. It is right to protect the vulnerable. The car should protect the cyclists, and the cyclists should protect the pedestrians. You see, protecting the vulnerable, that is from 
the Bible. With that being said, uh, we all know that laws alone is not enough. You see, we live in a country where it's common for the lawmakers to break their own laws. You see, laws alone can transform. And we ourselves, when we know what is right, it doesn't mean that we want to do what is right. You see, laws alone cannot transform. What we really need for transformation is point number three, that we need regular Sabbath meetings with the Lord, regular meetings with God. I noticed that point number three, it's the logical outbox of point number one and two. If God is a source of holiness, and number two is laws to regulate how we meet God, point number three, the more we meet him, the more we are transformed. And so chapters 23 to 25 of Leviticus, it's all about Sabbath meetings. Um, it's the program for Israel's festival calendar, uh, when they should stop work and meet with God. And the point of these Sabbath rules are for the nation of Israel to set aside work, to trust in God's provision, and as an occasion to meet with him, weekly, monthly, and yearly. The regular meeting with God, that is the program for transformation. The more they meet, the more they are transformed. Go to chapter 24, uh, the passage that Anna read for us. Look to 24, verse 1 to 8. It is a ritual symbolic of regular meeting with the Lord. 21, sorry, 24, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the people of Israel to bring you pure oil from beaten olives for the lamp, that a light may be kept burning regularly outside the veil of testimony in the tent of meeting. Aaron shall arrange it from evening to morning before the Lord regularly. Evening to morning, sorry, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. He shall arrange the lambs on the lampstead of pure gold before the Lord regularly. He shall take fine flour, bake 12 loaves from it. Two tenths of ephah shall be in each loaf. You shall set them in two piles, six in each pile, on the table of pure gold before the Lord. And you shall put pure frankincense on each pile, that it may go with the bread as a memorial portion, as a food offering to the Lord. Every Sabbath day, Aaron shall arrange it before the Lord regularly. It shall be for the people of Israel as a covenant forever. Do you notice the, the symbolicness of what was happening? Aaron, he keeps the lamps burning, shining on the 12 loaves of bread. And those 12 loaves, they are changed every Sabbath. Well, the lamps is, this lamp is symbolic of God's presence, and the 12 loaves is symbolic of the 12 tribes of Israel, basking in God's presence, renewed each Sabbath. We need to imagine uh, buns or hot cross buns in the oven, uh, exposed to the light and heat, turning golden brown as they bask in the light. And that is the picture of Israel, uh, transformed as they bask in the light of God. That explains the benediction in Numbers that you may have heard before. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his face upon you and give you peace. 
See, this ritual, it captures the essence of this, the Sabbath meetings. 12 lambs renewed, sorry, 12 loaves renewed Sabbath by Sabbath. 12 tribes of Israel basking in the divine light, renewed in God's presence, Sabbath by Sabbath. So how does true transformation happen? Well, it happens through regular meeting with the Lord. Well, let's pull in what we've been seeing over the past few weeks. This is the heart of the Mosaic Covenant, the Levitical system as the means to restore humanity to God. It's a combination of atonement, approaching God, and increasing in holiness. You see there on the handout, there is a virtual um, cycle, uh, atonement, approaching God, and increasing in holiness. And it's all enabled by laws, sacrifice, and priests. This creates a virtual cycle for the nation, week by week, month by month, year by year. Atonement, meeting God, and increasing in holiness. And if Israel, they kept to this system, it was a system of potential of transformation. If Israel obeyed, the miracle would happen. God himself would mock among them. I will make my dwelling among you. I will walk among you and will be your God and you will be my people. It is nothing less than a restoration of humanity. God walking not just with Adam and Eve, but with entire nation. So how does transformation happen? It's the whole system of laws, priests, sacrifice and atonement, and ultimately, it's regular meeting with the Lord. Not from self-help books, not from a life coach, not from an ethics course, only through regularly meeting with God. Well, but was Israel transformed? Uh, the short answer is, is no. You see, the history of Israel can be summarized in one word, rebellion. The numbers at the cuffs of the promised land, they rebelled and they turned away. They wanted to return back to Egypt. The new generation of Israel, again at the cusp of the promised land, in Deuteronomy, Moses prophesied that Israel would fail. They would go into exile, and they did. You see, already in the Pentateuch, in the first five books, Moses knew that they would fail. And you might ask, what was wrong? You see, the system was good. It was given to God. But it's the people. The people failed. And more was needed. We needed greater atonement, deeper transformation, and a closer presence of God. More was needed. And the great prophets of all, like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, they spoke of a new covenant of greater atonement, deeper transformation, and a closer presence. Flip your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. Uh, it's page 1007, if you have the Bibles over here. Chapter 10, verse 12. Sorry, starting from verse 11. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. 
But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts. I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. Where there's forgiveness of these, there's no longer any offering for sin. You see, if you call yourself a Christian today, you have all that the Levitical system was pointing to and more. You have greater atonement, a single sacrifice for sins. You have deeper transformation. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. You have closer presence. You have the Holy Spirit bearing witness to you. You see, you have all the resources you need to transform. Christians, all who benefit from the new covenant, have the resources to transform. And well, if transformation looks like regularly meeting with God, practically speaking, uh, we don't do it today by going to a temple to offer sacrifices. We meet God today in his word. In Hebrews, that's how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit bears witness to us. As the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice. You see, true transformation happens when we meet God regularly in his word. Personally speaking, and I, I guess it might be true for many of you as well, you know that transformation, well, it takes time, many years, but it does happen. You know, I look back at my life, uh, me for the past 10 years after taking Christianity seriously, uh, meeting God regularly in his word through personal reading, through Bible studies, through talks on Sundays and talks during the middle of the week. And there, I think there has been genuine change, genuine change in my life. And I'm sure that's an experience for many of you too. It's no surprise that the converse is true. If you know people who have fallen away, it's often because they have stopped meeting God in his word, stopped drawing near through prayer. No change. And they have fallen away. So if you're a Christian for many years, give thanks for the change that has happened in your life and keep meeting God often in his word. Perhaps you might call yourself someone who just became a Christian and you desire to transform, to grow, to change. Recognize that you have all the resources that you need. You can meet God regularly through his word. Transformation takes time. It takes patience, change is slow, but as you regularly meet him in his word, it does work. Speak to an older Christian and ask them about their experience. Well, we have come to the end of time in the Pentateuch, and next week uh, we have our evangelistic talk, so do, be come, do come for that and do be thinking about who may benefit from this talk. But the big point of our time in the Pentateuch over the past five weeks is to show how much more we have as Christians that we have all the resources we need in Jesus. We have atonement, a new heart, the spirit, and his word. And as we meet each week on Thursday lunchtime, 
or in the Bible study group or in prayer on Wednesday morning, it is nothing less than beholding the face of God through his word. And that is where true transformation really happens. Why don't I pray for us? Uh, blessed is the man who meditates on your law day and night. Father, we praise you for this great privilege of being able to meet you and the Lord Jesus through your word. And we pray as we do so each week, might you change us to be more like your son. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.